Alright, so you guys want to talk about some fascism. Um, this basically because <coughs> Donald Trump and, well, as I've been say, putting it, proud boy conspiracists, um, like to talk about Antifa being at riots and protests that we've seen, and we, we're seeing this whole movement of removing statues and whatever. Um, but the right, you see a lot of talk about Antifa being present at these protests. My personal theory, which I might be wrong about, admittedly, I don't know enough uh, about Antifa at this present moment, um, but the way that it kind of seems to me is that Antifa might not be like a physical, like a group with a, a physical body like i don't know that there's a bunch of people running around calling themselves anti-fascist antifa whatever well i think about how long ago it was that they were around it was, they were around 2016 2017 and well, a little very little teeny bit in 2018 and for real like the majority like, of them were around in like 1917 like that's where anti-fascism starts is oh well is 1917 antifa doesn't exist unless there are fascists marching though True. It's literally the only time they come out. If there are not fascists in the streets chaining Jews, Jews will not replace us. They don't come out. Like true, and there was no leader. Yeah, but they like, they showed up at Berkeley when there wasn't any fascists. But here's present. here's well wait Ben Shapiro. You, you're calling Shapiro a well, fascist? First, he's, first, he's most definitely first of all, a fascist. That, that's that's a pretty loose use of the term. That wasn't Ben Shapiro, yeah. though. That was Milo when well, Milo was, happened. First of all, and, Milo is most definitely a fascist. He I think absolutely Shapiro. is a fascist. I'm not going to argue with you on that one. <laughs> um, so, like, but even, like, Charlottesville, I don't know that we ever proved that there was any actual Antifa. I don't think there was because there would have been a lot more fistfights. Right. Um... So anyway, this this idea has got me looking into like. It, well, my main point they've been they they were prevalent. Now it doesn't seem like they are, and it's because they all realize they should probably go get jobs and and not just sit in somebody's basement circle jerking each other. <laughs> okay, I don't. I, I think it's much more like um, the Black Panthers or the Weather Underground or whatever, where like the people didn't dis didn't disappear. They just took their passion for a cause and joined a new group, right? Like, a lot of the Black Lives Matter, a lot of the, uh, the Antifa people were probably involved in Occupy Wall Street, right? Well, yeah, what's ironic is— Was that after? No, no. I, Occupy was much that earlier. That was before. Yeah, Occupy that was, was during like Obama. 08, 09, yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe a little later. I think it was probably around 12, Romney. As, as you yeah. can see— Romney was the 1%. Memory right of all the these different though? groups is very melded together. Yeah. Because of how I, ridiculous I the you, news cycle has been for four years, I have no like concept of time. There's a, there's probably a lot of overlap in the same way. There's a lot of overlap between f groups like the Proud Boys and the KKK and the fucking Three Percenters and you know the uh, John Birch Society. Like, if you're interested in one, there's a good the chance I can talk. I haven't like, seen like does Antifa have meetings? Because like no, I, I feel mean, like. They, because the Proud Boys have meetings, the clans have the clan no, they, has meetings. They, they like, did back in 2016. There was all sorts of videos going all over the place of them meeting up and shooting guns and trying to practice martial arts. Yeah, but as we've seen, but although on, like, are they just people who call themselves Antifa? That or they right? Like that's kind of my point, and I might be wrong. I don't know. Uh, I think Antifa is more of a like 
when you way of thinking when you're in a when you're well there was no leadership when you're so I get yeah, exactly. what you're saying when you're a proud boy you know like okay Gavin McGinnis is my leader I have to talk about cereal while I get punched to get in I can't masturbate like there are rules with Antifa like there might be a small cell in Portland that calls themselves Antifa but I guarantee you they don't represent or they don't the hold, only ones left they don't hold sway over any like major uh, population of protesters right. I don't and I yeah I don't I don't, like I don't even so. know if the, I, I don't most, even know if the guys in Chaz are most even of the protests I see I around here that gather like thousands of people. Has there were, been any recent news on Chaz? The only, what I have gathered on my own from Chaz is that like again, the media doesn't like black guys with guns. Like, dude said it himself. Like, we never told the police have been in this building the whole time. We never told the police to leave. They left on their own. Like we've never stopped the well, police. The, the media has misreported Chaz since it came, like since it started. So, so like, it doesn't they, surprise me. I don't know. They've made it sound. The, I've seen articles that are like it's a war zone, but like I've seen the leader of Chaz or whatever, um, Raz or whatever he called himself. Like the rapper, is he? The 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 auton- Are we talking about the autonomous? Zone? Yeah, in yeah. Seattle. The guy. Yeah, he was. He's a rapper. Um, but he, I don't remember his name right now. But he is like he has had like a he career as up, releasing music. He showed up with an AR to a protest, and the like. And I'm I'm simplifying this. He showed up with an AR. The police eventually left. They blocked off an area, or claimed it. But like I don't think I don't think there was anybody ever standing there with guns telling the police that yeah, they couldn't it, come in. It wasn't he because he had an AR and like. And from what I've heard from the Autonomous Zone, it's mostly hippies passing out, like, free crystal healthcare, you know, like, crystal-based healthcare and fucking letting artists paint on the uh So we don't chalk. even know the truth about any of that either. No. No, and but, the like, only there's not a lot of And the only news that we get YouTube. And I don't buy anything I see on YouTube. Well, yeah. You can't. I mean, like, the mainstream media isn't necessarily trustworthy. YouTube's definitely not going to be. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, you see videos on Twitter of them, like, someone trying to graffiti It's a guy a going to store. sell his own narrative so he can get ads put up on his videos and make money off of it. Yeah. So all that got me interested, though, in, like, so, okay, what is fascism? Because, like, because nobody calls themselves a fascist. Even fascists don't call themselves fascists. That would be silly. Um, it's not popular. It's not popular. <laughs> So that brought me. Have you, you guys, Jim? You have not read Animal Farm, Frank. You have. I have. Yes. So Animal Farm, for those who don't know, I believe is Orson Welles, right? No, uh, it's not. Uh, it's or, uh, I'm George uh, Orwell. George Orwell. Um, and it's basically, it's a story about animals on a farm that are mistreated by the farmer who owns them. So they essentially unionize and figure out how to make their living conditions better and slowly as time goes on certain animals are treat are getting benefiting from this uh situation than other animals and it basically the the parallel is stalinism it's the rise of stalinism it's it's just about caste systems about any like Mm -hmm. any equality movement is eventually going to create uh ranks within it that's going to Right. Render its whole point. Because well, hu- right? humans are inherently selfish. Yeah. Well, and it was like humans are good. Uh, well, there are some awesome quotes from that fucking book. Um, well, as an aside, humans are inherently selfish. I wasn't saying that in relation to the book. One, I haven't read it, and two, this animal thing would never happen. <clears throat> They're incredibly selfish. They also have a great capacity for uh, charity and stuff. 
But I think it depends on like when well, they're if things are going well, they have a great capacity for charity. If things are going badly, they're going to. There's a lot of people that use charity for self uh, promoting yeah. reasons or just selfish. Yeah, selfish reasons. So exactly. So in Animal Farm, um, the the characters actually depict real life people. It's like um, the Wizard of Oz where it's all about like the gold standard and right. silver and shit. Napoleon is a pig in the story. He is, like he's he's Stalin. Um Snowball is a good pig in the story. He is Trotsky uh Leon Trotsky who is a revolutionary. He was uh a, I guess a, you could call him a philosopher too kind of um freedom fighter maybe. Freedom fighter. Um and terrorist if, depending on what side of the fence you're on, right? So, like the the play, the play devil that advocate into Marxism and where it went wrong here. Uh, the selfish people seized power and then stole all of the have-nots' goods, right? And hence the caste system and why communism failed in Russia. Okay, um, so. You can make arguments that in a utopia, capitalism is very similar to that. In a, in a utopian that. life, in a, uto- or in a utopian world, if Trotsky would have taken power, then well, Trotsky had maybe. a little bit of power because he, under Lenin, I believe it was Lenin. I don't. I haven't read the dude's biography. I have read a very short little, a few excerpts, and I'm going to read a few of them here so that we can talk about them. Well, because if I wanna... he would have taken power when Lenin died and not Stalin. Then there would have, there could have been a utopian world. Okay, yeah, but I will. It's point never on, happened in any communist country, here, so me, I'm 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 having a hard time believing. Let me that. though explain a little bit because while I I want to play devil's advocate on Trotsky, while we're about to go into this conversation, and it's going to seem like I'm 100 percent on his side because some of this shit, well, the shit, the parallels to 100 years ago. The book by ago, itself has nothing to do with Marxism, so right. Um, it's no, it's an anti-fascism book. It describes what fascism is. Not related to Antifa. Not related. Although, kind of. When the, did he write this? In, this was in the thirties. It was nineteen seventeen through nineteen forty when he died. Well, when he when he wrote when the he book. was assassinated. No, when yeah. he wrote the book. This well, this book that I have, uh, which is just like a little pamphlet, which is just excerpts from several of his books. So it's just, it's pulling from all of his books. Okay, who, um, who compiled them and when? Oh. Uh, it would have been post First World War, I think, because that was when he started. Well, writing. yeah, right. So I'm guessing like 1930s. But he wrote his whole life, and yeah. I'm sure a lot of his books are are cold from his entire history of writing. Probably, probably in the 20s, because Stalin started to make his moves in the 30s. Yeah. But what I will say is like late when, 20s, early 30s. It, when after World War One, you had the rise of fascism in in Europe, which I'm sure he was yeah. writing about. You if know, I can, like, so a little bit of Trotsky's background, though, if you're just like really simplifying it. Because we talk about like maybe he could have, if he would have been in power, maybe he could. There could have been a utopia. Let's keep in mind that Trotsky is a guy who was in the Soviet Union. Stalin comes to power, pissed off at the government. Um, he gets essentially so he, he gets exiled to France, where he gets pissed off at the government and starts uh, talking shit on them, and gets exiled to Italy, where he gets where he pisses off the government, talking shit, gets exiled to Mexico, where he gets assassinated later by presumably one of Stalin's men. I don't know if there would have been a utopia. The point I'm trying to make is Trotsky was pretty pissed off with everybody's government. Now, to be fair, in historical context, we're talking about Mussolini, Hitler, and Stalin in, you know, in Europe at that time. So, 
Can we talk about the irony? The fact that, like, every great Russian novelist has the same story. Like, they supported a, a minority, like, revolutionary cause. They were eventually exiled. And then they wrote a, great, a bunch so, of great books. And they were either murdered or died in squalor. Like, fucking Dostoevsky, Trotsky. Fedor, like, every, yeah. Every one of them has the exact same story. Yeah. Russia treats their, their fucking... Dostoevsky is a great author. He is. So I'm going to read you some Trotsky excerpts real quick, and we are going. We can talk about them as we go through them. Um, just for 2020 uh, vernacular purposes, I, should, I think we should explain some definitions here because of the way... That and this, we should also I, debate... I want to have a real, really, really quick like preface here. So Trotsky was a, a part of the Bolshevik party. They they didn't like fascism because they lived in it and like eventually made their way to Russia where they started like the basis of Marxism. Right. Like so they have a reason for not liking fascism. It's not just because they're Russian and they don't like the Germans or the Italians. Right. Yeah. Right. They lived in it and it sucked. So they're trying something different. Right. So let me explain uh as we go as we go through these i think it's like six excerpts that i pulled um just to set up the caste system so that because that's the terminology used here the um powerful or the big sometimes he says the big uh bourgeoisie sometimes he says the powerful bourgeoisie the rich the petty we would call it the one percent i guess today right the petty bourgeoisie um, which is my favorite term ever, is uh, essentially the middle class who moves from lower middle class to upper middle class and votes for people who perpetuate the system of the rich and powerful staying rich and powerful. So you're talking about like your average person that makes it from your middle class to retiring on top of a couple million your, bucks. Your Jeffs and Karens, right? Right. They made it. So like, well, you didn't make well, it. Well, that's your own fucking they're fault. Still Don't in, blame the yeah, system. No, they they made it, but they only made it to a because, decent part of the middle. Yes. They won't ever go up. But they believe yeah. in the idea that they might reach the top, you know, in the next 10 years. The people play the lottery. It's so the same petty, mentality. petty bourgeoisie no, is the more only, of a the only slang way, term. The only way you make it to the upper echelon is if you find a niche and run with it and right. get really lucky. Yes. Like uh Yeah, otherwise Sa- statistics like Sa- like would Sam be tilted Walton, otherwise. The the original guy for Walmart and Sam's Club, he started it before there was like right. any major superstores. Like, you know, there was like a Kmart, which come on, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't even come close to competing with Walmart. Right. And then they just it's skyrocketed the and he gave his money to his it's kids. That- it's that same so, yeah. story of that fucker who just happened to, in, like, 1998, uh, pay for the domain of FB dot, or dot com, which Facebook years later would pay him, like, $12 million yeah. to get. Yeah. Like, he paid $35 for it and just, like, just happened to get lucky. Right. Yeah, that that's a There's significantly no, luckier version there was than no, what Sam Walton. Like, yeah. Sam Walton actually worked he for worked, what he got, but he, but he got lucky in the niche that he There's had. a lot of people Same who thing just, with Jeff Bezos. He got yeah. really lucky in the niche that he pulled up. Yeah. And also, I mean, anybody... Jeff Bezos, anybody who's made that much money has screwed over a lot of people to get there. You don't make More billions likely. of dollars without More than underpaying people when you can. All right. So two Moving more on. two more terms. Was that a Lenin qu- or was that a Trotsky quote? <laughs> no. It's pretty close. Although I'm like now that I'm thinking about it, like I know what we talked about off the mic, but like, God, you're so much better at reading things than me. Um You want me to read one? Yeah, I might in a minute, because there's 
because I know I'm going to fuck them up as we go through. Um, two more terms that I want to get out there. <laughs> okay, I guess really one. Proletariat is the working class and peasants transcend time. So you like when you hear proletariat, think like tr- peasant, proletariat, peasant. They're well, the same fucking thing, kind of. Kind of, but the proletariat is like the blue collar, still poor, still below the poverty line, but the working class, the, the people who actually make the country run. Yes. So you talking about like tradesmen, or are you talking <coughs> about janitors? Because that tradesmen a, probably okay. Like, yeah. you, and then like your your peasant yeah, would be because the janitor. It, because he, his argument Trotsky's argument through this entire nothing, nothing against janitors. It's just that they don't get paid crap right. in this country. No, but I think it would be tradesmen. The amount of work, which is ironic, because they deal with crap a lot in their jobs. Yeah. So. But let's consider too that in this in these terms we're talking about a different historical era. So their pay. I'm just trying to make it modern. But yes. Um, I believe it would be the tradesmen because, like, his entire idea would be they need to unionize. And, I mean, like, it's it's shocking how many of his ideas still are completely. It's shocking to how many parallels that he makes. Yeah. Okay, how shit shit don't change. Like, it's all the same shit. So, over. so here's the first one. Um, from and this was around. This was bet- bet- like 1923, maybe a couple years before that, 1917. But I know it wasn't. Like, it wasn't in the 30s yet. From Moscow, the signal has already been given for a policy of bureaucratic prestige which covers up the mistakes of yesterday and prepares tomorrow's by false cries about the triumph of the new line. Monstrously exaggerating the victory of the party, monstrously underestimating the difficulties, interpreting even the success of fascism as a positive factor for the proletarian revolution, Pravada nevertheless explains briefly, the success of the party should not make us dizzy. The treacherous policy of the Stalinist leadership is true to itself even here. The analysis of the situation in the given in the spirit of uncritical ultra-leftism. In this way, the party is consciously pushed on the road of adventurism. At the same time, Stalin prepares his alibi in advance with the aid of the ritualistic phrase... I'm sorry, about dizziness. Um, it is precisely this policy, short-sighted, unscrupulous, that may ruin the German Revolution. Reread the first sentence. From Moscow, the signal has already been given for policy of bureaucratic prestige, which covers up the mistakes of yesterday and prepares tomorrow's by false cries of the triumph of the new line. Replace Moscow with America, and that describes Trump exactly. Monstrously exaggerating the victory of the party, yes. monstrously underestimating How the difficulties, ex- interpreting even the success of fascism as a positive factor for the proletarian revolution. That is the media. Or like, well, the, Trump, that is Trump. Trump yesterday like, said that the virus is under control. <laughs> right, right. 10,000 new cases a day. Like, fuck you. That's we under had control. 50,000 in one day. But that is exactly Trump's base. It's it's taking any fucking thing they can, even march, even a march towards a more fascist regime as a leadership and taking it as a positive. That like, oh, it's better that he, like, he, but listen, it's okay that he's not a, like uh it's okay that he's making money off the presidency and ignoring the annulments clause and the 14th amendment or whatever. Fuck that. Like they're, they're, that is the exact same thing they would do. Like Stalin believers, they'll spin any negative into a positive about their beliefs. But even Trotsky himself and this, I pulled this one. Um, bring me up the definition of fascist. Okay. So because nobody calls themselves a fascist, you've got a bunch of philosophers that tell you what fascism is. Um, uh, it is a form of far-right authoritarian ultra-nationalism characterized by dictatorial power, 
forcible suppression of opposition, as well as strong regimental uh, regimentation of society and of the ec uh, economy which came into the prominence in the early 20th century. I will make an argument at the end of this episode that it doesn't just have to yeah, be far, the right. I was just going to say far right has nothing to do with it. Maybe. It, well, it, I think it was far right. It was far right because Mussolini and Hitler were far right. The term far right has changed in the last 80 years, definitely. Well, I, I mean, think. when we say far right, we almost mean like, alt right in this country now. Look, uh, when you when you look back to those times, and even further, like the French Revolution was a lot of left leaning. In that back then, right. it was left leaning. So like liberals and I would conservatism say, I would say that the on definitions an, have changed so much I would say on an economic level you can have leftist fascism too I would think it would be harder to make an argument for social fascism on a left on a leftist level because then what are you doing forcing people to be free tearing down <laughs> statues like okay I'll give you that. Yeah, I will because maybe, that's the argument I was going to make. Is that like, yeah, there are. I'm forms. not against. I'm not against removing those statues. But I mean, no. some weird system. Neither am I. Forcing people to to renounce their own uh, legacy and the bad things their ancestors. Some like alt, you know, some paranoid ultra right. But uh, even even nightmare, but even in all of Trotsky's like revolutionary, this is what we need to do. Um, and it is it isn't the pamphlet I have is really short, and I'm actually probably going to end up reading more of his shit just because I like the way you rights um but it, it doesn't get to like the revolutionary stuff until like the last few pages so the whole time i'm just reading about like these systems in you know europe and russia at that time and then all you of a sudden read, the last seven pages come up and it's like everybody Fra grab your gun you like, read oh, franz, franz kafka's metamorphosis <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good one. Man, man wakes up, wakes up but, as a fucking. But uh, even yeah. even though Trotsky beetle. is revolutionary and he's fighting the man and he's fighting the system, to me this next quote or this next excerpt is um, like it kind of to me it, it relates the parallel that draws is to like this idea of taking the lesser evil in today's society. Um, because we do that all the time. Every fucking election cycle, we always talk about, Biden. nah, we don't like them. Yeah, right. So the social crisis will inevitably produce deep cleavages within the social democracy. The radicalization of the masses will affect the, the social democrats. <laughs> we will inevitably have to make agreements with various social democratic organizations and factions against fascism, putting definite conditions in this connection to the leaders before... The eyes of the masses. We must return from the empty official phrase about the empty official phrase about the United Front to a policy of the United Front as it was formulated by Lenin and applied by the Bolsheviks in 1917. Obviously, we. I don't want to go really into like Lenin because I want to stick. I don't want to go into the political history of Trotsky because I think that like I want. I just want to focus on the fascism. Yeah, aspect what, what of we it. talked about in the beginning. Uh, that's that's enough background to understand where they were coming from. You don't need to go any further. Yeah. So here's another one that I I want to talk about because and, and actually, do you want to read this one? Yeah. Um, this one I want to talk about just because, uh, uh, man, it's just. Go ahead. It's hard to not draw parallels with all of these. I'll, I'll reserve my thoughts for the end. Okay. I don't know all these words, but I'll do my best. The economically powerful big bourgeoisie in itself represents an uh, infenestrable minority of the nation. To enforce its domination, it must endure an indefinite 
mutual relationship with the petty bourgeoisie, and through this me- mediation, and through its mediation with the proletariat. So it's essentially saying that you have to; it has to use the middle class and the upper middle class in order to maintain itself, right? Right. Right. Yeah, because their business doesn't exist without them. Right. And you can't. The one percent isn't enough to sustain you. All right. So to continue. Um, to understand the dialectic of the relationship among the three classes, we must differentiate three historical stages. Uh, at the dawn of capitalistic development, when the bourgeoisie were t- uh, required revolutionary methods to solve its task, uh, the second in the period of the bloom and maturity of the capitalist regime, when the bourgeoisie endowed its domination with orderly uh, pa- pacific uh, conservative domestic for- uh, forms, and finally, at the decline of capitalism, when the bourgeoisie is forced to resort to methods of civil war against the proletariat to protect its right of exploration. Exploitation. Yeah, sorry. Um, the pl- uh, political programs characteristic of these three stages, Jacobinism, yeah. reformist democracy, which is a socialist dem- uh, democracy included, and fascism are basically programs of the petty bourgeoisie currents. This fact alone, more than anything else, shows that what tremendous uh, importance of self-determination of the petty bourgeoisie masses of the people is for the whole fate of the bourgeoisie society. So essentially, Which, the, the idea being that that you middle, have to have the, the that, middle class in order to sustain sustain any like uh, right. pyramid scheme. Which is really what capitalism in society is. And if you look at it in terms of today and the I, way the thing, the pendulum seems to swing every we're, cycle we're, from side to side. We're not under the illusion that this is just an American issue, right? Absolutely oh, God, no. not. It's okay. a people yeah. issue. It's a well, human we, issue. We tend all, to of Europe, all of Europe is the same way. And there are definitely countries that are doing worse than we are. I'm, I'm yeah. Probably more than half the country. I mean, we're actually probably not even the worst country that's doing. You know, what I do, what my, but what pisses me off <laughs> is that we could be a really great country because we have found we have the foundation of that in us, in like <coughs> the way we crafted our constitutional law. Like, there's a few that we don't need anymore, like the right to bear fucking uh, soldiers in your home. But for the most part, we wrote. It's like the Ten Commandments. We wrote a bill that is so fucking great. You are you, you're talking about. Uh, the wartime thing where you have yeah, to... Uh, yeah, which, like, that's, like, the one... You have to garrison troops in your yeah. house. But if, besides if, that... If they're, like, on your property and they need a place to stay. Yeah, but besides yeah. that, like, like uh, the constitutional rights of Americans are so brilliantly designed, like the Ten Commandments, that it almost covers anything you could think of that would be a basic human right. And the ones we haven't thought of, we've added. So it just pisses me off to see a country that has, like the greatest recipe in the world and they turn out like a turd cake that no one wants to fucking eat like because we have all the we have the same problem that every group of humans has the chefs and the fucking kitchen staff suck well right the parties have been made the lines have to be towed right and it I think it has everything to do with the fact that there's no term limits yeah yeah uh if you want to be a career politician you have to tow the line the two party system so if if you install term limits all of a sudden, everybody goes back to having their own ideas and what they get elected. Yeah. To an extent, there will politicians still be. Well, you're going like, to have your, av- like your average platform versus like yeah. for what party you're in. Yeah. What's fucked up? I think we can bring back the Whig Party just basing it on the fact that like we spell it with an H, guys. It's like PH with the fat. <laughs> like, come on, we're hip. You don't even have Whig. to remember. Yeah, Whig. <laughs> we will attract a lot of white people. <laughs> this, this is uh, that, that's reference to whenever we used to wear powdered wigs. 
<laughs> yeah, for all you TikTok teens out there. But there was like, there's other party, the No Nothing Party. Like, how ballsy was it that they took the name No Nothing Party? Like, that's pretty fucking. That's like calling myself the idiot campaign and actually yeah. getting votes. Like, the Freedom Party, right? Like, it seems like they might have been nihilist. I don't know anything about them, but the that No just, Nothing. That I, don't, just... I don't know a whole lot, but I know that the name was taken as almost like reclaiming of what they're in. They were being insulted by. Okay, you want a parallel, Jim? You don't have to answer right now. Um, the big, the big bourgeoisie, like fashion. The big bougie. The, is, I didn't realize that, that that's that where that term came from. Bougie, that yeah, 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 that's fucking awesome. <laughs> like that makes me like that fancy. word so much more now. Yeah. It was previously an unliked word on my in my list of so words. So fucking hard <laughs> to spell. It's, it's Genesis is actually pretty witty. <laughs> yeah, that's that's clever. Okay, the big bourgeoisie likes fascism as little as a man with aching molars likes to have his teeth pulled. The sober circles of the bourgeoisie society have followed with misgivings the work of dentist uh, Pilsudski, um, but in the last analysis have become reconciled to the inevitable, though with threats, with horse trades, and all sorts of bargaining. Thus, the petty bourgeoisie's idol of yesterday becomes the transform... becomes the trans... or, I'm sorry... Thus, the petty bourgeoisie's idol of yesterday becomes transformed into the gendarme of capital. To this attempt, marking out the historical place of fascism as a political reaver, reliever of social democracy, there was co- counterposed the theory of social fas- fascism. At first, it could, peter- it could appear as a pretentious, blustering, but harmless stupidity. Subsequent events have shown what a pernicious influence the uh, Stalinist theory can can actually exercise on the entire development of the communist international. All I'm hearing there is like I don't think anybody's Tea gonna, Party. Yeah. The Tea Party was this like All I'm hearing there is Trump's in base, his thirty fucking the percent. Par- the Tea Party was that I, though. It was this fucking chasm of like, oh aren't these people stupid? Oh wait, they're getting fucking I'm not elected. Even, I'm not even seeing it as a political like, parallel here. We're talking about society level and it you know when when you look at modern society, when a child is born and whatever class, at best, they're going to leapfrog by one class. If they're very lucky. Like, well, yeah. The, uh, the ultra- best, case, best case scenario, there's still that 1% chance that they could leapfrog up to being a billionaire, yeah. but it's not very likely. But it's the most, it's the right. it's the one in seven billion they get to do that. I it's think it's like an, 80, an 80% chance that you're going to stay in your own class. For the rest of that, your life. That you were born into. Yeah. And then, you know, 19% chance that you'll leapfrog from like middle 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 class to higher middle class and all of society is built off the idea of keeping that that large percentage convinced that, that I'm ni- spitballing with with that's those statistics but you can probably look those up but, it's, it, it might be even but a even, slimmer even just that. taking it like as general like the entire idea of our society is built on convincing that 80 percent that majority that like that 19 percent chance that they might jump up into the next class well, or like, that one percent chance that you they can, can jump into the stratosphere is worth it like, the the jump from poverty to middle class is a lot easier than from going any anywhere yeah. in the middle class. But my thing is like there's gonna be a point where society like you can work your ass off and get yourself into the middle class. Yeah. And I applaud the hell out of those people because society is against you. But there is gonna be a point where generations are born and I think Gen Z is one of those generations that see that like it doesn't matter how hard you work, like if you're not lucky, if you're not born into the right caste system, you're fucked. And then what happens? You eat the rich. 
naturally the petty proprietor prefers order so long as business is going well and so long as he hopes tomorrow will go better but when his hope is lost he's easily enraged and ready to give himself over to the most extreme measures otherwise how could he have overthrown the democratic state and brought fascism to power in italy and germany the despairing petty uh, bourgeoisie sees in fascism above all a fighting force against big capital and believes that unlike the working class parties which deal only in words fascism would use force to establish more justice the peasant and the artisan are in their manner realists they understand that one cannot forego the use of force and that's the problem like, isn't that what Trump was elected to do to fuck the political system Ca- capitalism and democracy yeah, and have have so no. many failings that they well, inevitably... Well, he did in a different way. Well, yeah, he made it he, worse. He ear-holed it. <laughs> like, made it worse. Capitalism and, uh, and democracy have so many like failings that they inevitably lead to people thinking they can tr- they can create a better system, with like communism or whatever, and they ultimately don't work out. But I understand the... If you live in a capitalist society for long enough, you start to see that, like, oh, there are people that just, like, institutions fail people. There are people that, like, no matter how hard they work, they'll never rise out of the fact that they were born dirt poor. Well, and then here's the crazy thing. You have you have to have an insane amount of forethought into jumping out of your and, – and it's not about what you want to do. Like, you know, the whole saying, you, you know, do something you love and you'll succeed. It's not always the case. No. Because, like, who, what, who makes, like, the, the mean salary for whatever random profession – I mean, and what, it's because it, so like salary yeah. is not is almost one hundred percent of the time nothing to do with merit. Like within the specific, like once you get at your company and you work there forever, yeah, it, it, you get raises based on your merit. But like starting out, like I, I had to do four years of college, and I don't I don't make nearly as much as what I thought I would. Right. Um, I'm only a year into my industry, so that's. Saying like saying that I'm still at base level, but like there's other many other jobs that it just seems like you know you didn't have to work that hard to get there yet you get paid a lot more than I do. Yeah, it, it's just that it, it baffles me. Yeah, I, also, I don't understand there are jobs how, how that, that happened. There are jobs that don't seem as essential. Where I think like okay, if you remove the CEO of a company, that company will continue to fucking the the gears will grind and it will operate for a long time before there's a problem. But if you remove like the working base, the well, bottom like, layer, the industry that I'm in creates a lot of money, right? But if like even McDonald's, but, like you remove the, but seat. when you start out at my level, we're we're lower on the lower end of well, middle class, and pay. that's yeah. how it is with any industry. Like with any industry that generates a shit ton of money, there's well, always here's a an, guy here's an extreme who's example, like, Amazon. Yeah, Amazon workers. Don't get paid a whole lot of, a heck of a lot of money, man. No, and, the, and their pisses are timed. Like literally, your bathroom breaks are like timed yeah. to the minute, to the second. Like that's fascism. <laughs> Proved yeah. it. Proved fuck, it. Fuck you, you fucking <laughs> bald ass Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Show done. Problems he, not he solved does, at all. I mean, does a- he not? Apple's even worse. He looks like fucking the, Lex Luthor. App, yeah, Apple's even worse. They outsource all their factories to Asia, and they had to install suicide nets on their freaking factories so people didn't kill themselves at work. I love they were quick to point out, like, we also brought in psychiatrists. The suicide- <laughs> like, they don't, they, <laughs> everyone keeps they, saying suicide net like yell, it's a big story. They, yell as you jump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need help. So, what's going on? <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's horrible. Joke. <laughs> Fuck. Going to you know, hell you, for that you, one. You got to make light of a bad situation, <laughs> I guess. 
but I'm the yeah, guy who made a joke a- about Apple a guy going Apple into makes, a meat grinder. Yeah. Apple makes <laughs> hand over fist in money, man. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, they but don't they don't pay that's the, the people thing that, that like, make the thing that makes we, them the most money in this nothing. In this country we love fucking we love an Elon Musk. We love a Jeff Bezos. We love a fucking well, Donald a Trump. Story. We love these things that like oh they're millionaires. You the only reason you get to be that rich is by fucking over the people under well, you. Well, it, like, it showed if, with Elon if with Steve, the pandemic happened. If he's like, Steve, I need my workers to work. But yeah. then don't don't if, those people, the Bezos, and like they perpetuate this idea that you and I could get there. Yeah, but like if Steve Jobs had paid Wozniak and the fucking the people who actually developed the fucking software that he sold successfully, the money they were earned, the third of the share of the company. Like he wouldn't or be, Zuckerberg didn't or steal the shit the, from well, yeah, the fucking like Winklevoss the, twins or whatever, or yeah. just from fucking a, a the, Harvard. The two like, guys that wrote the code and basically well, just tweaked it. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> you don't like. I hate this Put idea. A Zuckerberg's like, a turd, man. The yeah, biggest idea is that Tony Stark is a hero. Tony Stark is only a billionaire because everyone who works under Tony Stark. Well, he wasn't fucking, a hero to begin with. They're like the he Sam, was an arms dealer. They're the Sam Walton. Then became but, a hero. But they're the Sam Waltons. Like Sam Walton's only worth a ton of money because every worker, forty percent of his workers are on food stamps. The yeah. government subsidizes him being a millionaire, and we allow it to happen. Yep. Never even thought of that one. Like I did, but I didn't. It was right under my nose. But also, it's yeah. like, how yeah, much of fucking? They, I know a bunch of people. Well, that and that's at what they, we said the, about Walmart. It. Also offers to put your money on a Walmart card that you can spend at Walmart, right? Which is their money is going back, and they oh, give I you hate a the discount, man. Yeah. I hate it, yep. and this is making it worse. Honestly, I think if anybody like is going to get pulled on the join street, the revolution, <laughs> Sam Walton and his kids need to be the first on the fucking. Like everybody list. wants to be mad at the billionaires, but they're getting subsidized. They're like in a third party way through their workers getting food stamps, right? Oh, I don't have to pay them. The government will do. That for yeah. me, yeah, which is them. What the we're, Jeff? we're gonna take the taxes out of the fucking workers who are making because we're not gonna pay taxes. Fucking D- Donald Trump can like lower the tax rate from thirty five to twenty four. It doesn't matter. No one's paying taxes anyway. They're right. fucking. They go to fucking Ireland where the tax base is zero and they still make money in America. Right. Well, like it, it doesn't solve anything. Well, and the whole deal with Amazon, where their big giant hub was gonna go, was who was gonna give them the biggest tax cuts and. And what ended up happening, no one gave him a tax cut, and they are like, all right, we'll still go to New York. We're still going to make a ton of money, guys. Like, that's what the whole point was anyway. Yeah. Right. Because our workers— Well, they capitulated. So that, because that if, was a good good sense of, like, because, government finally wising up and sticking it to them. Literally, if you are if you work for Amazon and you have diarrhea and you take too long to use the bathroom, it times you. Your fucking tracker times you. You're not making enough, like, pickups. It's fucking—it is ridiculous. Yeah. It's no better, like— the best we can do to combat Apple taking their business to China is set up our own sweatshops in America. It's fucking... So... It's very sad. According to Trotsky... Well, those already exist, but in our climate, it's 10 bucks an hour. That Mitch right. Hedberg joke yeah. of, uh, I have an idea for sweatshops, air conditioning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so according to Trotsky and a couple other... I can't remember the names of the other uh, authors that... I saw a couple of quotes. Karl from, Marx, probably. No, 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 it wasn't. Um, it like the, it was very long German names. Um, anyway, most of the definitions or most of this explanation matches up. There's a couple of differences when it comes to like them talking about arms and stuff. There's a couple of guys that say it a little bit differently that I've seen, but like all the basic tenets are in every one of these definitions that I've seen so far on my last 48 hour quest. I also want to make um, a point here that this was actually not that long ago in human history. No, it wasn't. It was less than a hundred years ago. Like, our grandparents remember this. The, like, the little guy 
is still making his case. Yeah. Like, we're not even close well, my, to being heard when did, yet. When did Trotsky die? Do you remember the And that's not, that's, not, that's not a call to arms. I'm just saying, I have a like, gra- like, we're, we're still in this argument. We haven't made it yet. I have no. a grandmother who was alive when Trotsky was still alive. Right. Yeah. Like, it's it's not that long ago, comparatively, by um, any historical standard. So, okay. So, this one is the one that really, like, kind of fucked me up. And, of course, they, like, put it right at the end of the book. Or right at the end of the fucking pamphlet. So now I'm just like, ah, I'm going to buy more of his shit because I want to know where this goes. <laughs> Although I do know where it goes because I live like 90 years later. <laughs> so, Dude, I believe like, it's how much. Well, how I, much do you think he's like rolling in his grave right now going, ah, capitalism. Right. And that fucking Jeff Because <laughs> somebody stole his work and put it to, really, in this, into this you, format okay, to Brandon, where you have to like cliffhang and go Brandon, buy more stuff. Right. If Brandon really wants to honor the memory of Trotsky, he, he needs wouldn't to go, buy it. Go to the library Don't buy it. and steal it. Yeah, well, Steal it from the library. You don't have to steal, <laughs> steal. it from a library. Yeah. You can just borrow it. <laughs> and they never, forever. And they never return it. Borrow well, it forever. And then don't use their photocopy or bring it home, and then now you have it. So in a way, I guess it's kind of stealing. You could just get a fucking PDF on They only library. charge you 10 yeah. cents per page. <laughs> <laughs> that might have went up for inflation. Even the library's hurting. Even the library. Oh, all right, so this, so here's this one. Both, it, both theoretical analysis as well as a ri- the rich historical experience of the last quarter century have demonstrated with equal force that fascism is each time the final. Oh no! Did I just delete the end of that? No. <laughs> I. I dry, I digress. This, this is a very this is strange quote. No, this, no, 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 this is live. This is live. He was writing live. Here, 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 here. I'll start over. It's only a sentence and a half. Uh, both theoretical analysis as well as the rich historical experience of the last quarter century have demonstrated with equal force that fascism is each time the final link of a specific of a specific political cycle composed of the following the gravest crisis of capitalist society the growth of the radicalization of the working class the growth of sympathy towards the working class and a yearning for change on the part of the rural and urban petty bourgeoisie the extreme confusion of the big bourgeoisie its cowardly and treacherous maneuvers aimed at avoiding the revolutionary climax, the exhaustion of the proletariat, growing confusion and indifference, the aggravation of social crisis, the despair of the petty bourgeoisie, its yearning for change, uh, its yearning for change, the collective neurosis of the petty bourgeoisie, its readiness to believe in miracles, its readiness for violent measures, the growth of the growth of hostility towards the proletariat, which has deceived its expectations. This, these are the premises for swift formation of a fascist party. Mm. I just described is, 2020. There's a lot of division. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? And so, like, there's I... a lot of division. So I ask you, how long can we stay divided before something happens I've, where there's a I've fucking been, vacuum that I've been kicking power. and screaming about this since 2016, man. Yeah. So I'm pretty and sure it's not getting lot, better. It's getting a worse. A lot of us have been kicking and screaming I, I, I about I think I know this. the exact time period. It's going to be November to January of later this year to 2021. I'm kind of terrified that it is. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're at, like, a crossroads. My only... Well, and, like, so we're already all upset as a whole because we're dealing with a pandemic and there's social injustice. Dude, yeah, we're in a little bit of a powder keg. Well, then you also right? have Trump supporters. Some, somebody, 
somebody tell Franz Ferdinand to go hide. And the the problem <laughs> is that like all of these George Floyd people who feel shortchanged, they feel the exact same deep down that the Trump supporters felt when they voted for Trump in 2016. Absolutely, they feel ignored. They feel like. They're not being listened to. They're just on different sides. I mean, like, deep down, if you boil it down to one sentence of, like, I feel ignored by the upper, like, echelon, the fucking 1%, we all agree on the same thing. It's just the, who we blame. Some people blame Clinton. Some people blame Trump. But at the end of the day, like, we at should be mad the- at everyone that is in part of that 1% and then doesn't understand, like, and, I don't but, need four but here's fucking the thing. here's the thing. You can already hear the people yelling at their fucking radios and their headphones that we shouldn't demonize the rich, but we only shouldn't demonize the rich because we falsely believe that we will get there someday. Yeah. Well, or that, that's pot- you're I'm not like, getting much demoni- higher than I don't want to demonize every rich Does person. Any- I don't I don't like making Blake statements because well, no, there's a lot of I, good no, ones. that's fair. And there are people who have donated but every half, every, you know. every politician that has been a politician for more than five years, I don't like them. Right. Yeah. Here's, you here, shouldn't like them. Here's my point. We I had, want that on a t-shirt. We cut, we cut certain whoever agrees with us in the 1% on, on the exterior – we cut them a break. We give right. them the benefit it's of a doubt. Well, it's you, okay. You know, they, you know they really don't agree with you. Right. They, they just say that. But it's you know, okay that it's provokes. okay that Bernie has three houses or two houses because he, he says, says that we should thing. be like get free. You know. It, yeah. Like I was so trying it's okay to, that he has. Well, yeah, I was trying know, to for, think for all you Missouri folks or even surrounding states. If you've ever been to Lake of the Ozarks just as a tourist and you know you rent a boat and you're looking around at everybody's mansion and you're all like, yeah, I could. I could really use one of these, and then you start looking at like how much it costs. It's like, yeah, it's never gonna happen. Yeah, no. Ber- Bernie has like five of those. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and what I was trying to think of too the, is like the biggest joke is like, does it matter if he wins or loses the presidency? Not at the League of the, Ozarks, the motherfucker yeah. already won, right? Like Hillary Clinton. Like, do you think she cares? She lost in twenty sixteen. No. She know how much money, fucking money she has. She doesn't give she a did, fuck. She made more off of book deals. Yeah. Right. Like Trump she, doesn't care that he's speaking, president. He's making money hand over fist. Right. They already won. Everything. Yeah. Like the Clinton Foundation still making money. I mean, even Trump. He right. won the pre- presidency. What every three days he gets to play golf. Oh, re- that's a really hard job he won. Like, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter what their job is. They're just fucking even, living even in luxury. If, even if a president fades into nothing, they're still making four hundred grand a year. Yeah. For well, the rest of and, their life. And Trump makes so much money who, that he just throws that away. I mean, he doesn't. He donates it. So I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not saying he throws it away, but like to him. The reason that he doesn't accept that check is because he doesn't fucking need is, to. Well, is he's the, making that, a lot more. Is that what the they make in offices? Four hundred grand a year. Yeah. So then, but Trump's what, making, what is it? What is it after your presidency? Is a hundred grand a year? Something like that. But Trump's making a lot more from secret but either service, way, staying at his property and running golf way, carts. How so. many of you listening even break the hundred grand a year threshold? Right. right. And my thing is, like, if you make a hundred so grand after a year, presidency, you could literally just sit and do nothing, right? And forever. be happy forever. Forever. Like forever. your retirement, or, and it's also, is a hundred grand a year. Not not your average. Your average 60, 70-year-old living off of Social Security. Right. It's not even taking into account that you could fucking make a book deal and hire a ghostwriter and make another million dollars immediately well, after the presidency. Well, and, or every speaking engagement that you get paid for. That's commencement what, speeches, you know. Yeah, because it's not just you could sit there and make the hundred grand and be happy and have a nice... Well, like not even middle class after that point. Like, if you can have fine. a house with a wraparound porch, you're doing fucking fine. <laughs> If you can put a sandwich on your table, you're good. Right. right? If your kids can be automatically know that your kids and their kids are going to go to college, like I don't. But feel instead sorry of you. taking the hundred grand a year or whatever, like those greedy motherfuckers go out and charge fucking two hundred and fifty grand for an appearance somewhere, like. And 
and is that different? There's the other the other argument that kind of gets me a little bit right now is that it's the argument that we're living better than we ever have in human history. Okay, got it. I'll give you that. We're living better than the vast majority of other people on Earth right now. Okay, got it. But does is are we is, living? Is, is is that still like your reason to just capitulate and are let we this living, keep happening? Right. Are we living as good as we should, considering where we live and the fucking resources available? Right. That's what the question. Like, how well, well could this entire society be living that we're not? Well, and especially of stupid given, petty squabbles. Well, and give look at this year as a great example of those stupid petty squabbles and of where we could be at. Like we, okay, th- you made the point, Frank, a couple a week ago or whatever, a couple of weeks ago to me, um, that like, all right. So we've existed for a country for over 200 years. We've been collecting tax money the whole time. We have had epidemics before. We have had uh, catastrophe. Uh, like, we, we've had big events before. We've had terrorist attacks. We've been at the brink of nuclear war. At no time in that 200-plus year history did anyone, president or any group of congresses or whatever, think, like, what happens if the economy shuts down for a year? We're literally looking at missiles in Cuba. What the fuck happens if everybody can't go outside for a year? Like, shouldn't right. that be the aspiration? We're not doing this well enough. And I yeah. like, how many think tanks are shut, there out shut there? Shut down for a like, month almost crippled things. Right. And like, why are think tanks not like? And if the, I'm sure there is a think tank out there that has done some well, study, yeah, and, and then we're and just you know what's hilarious? Ignored. Like, people that are rich. They constantly preach, like, you shouldn't live paycheck to paycheck. Our country's living paycheck to paycheck. Right. Our country is just, like, the fucking we are, our country debt is, and deficit is laughable. We're not even, li- we're living on borrowed credit. We're, like, no, we're paying one credit card off with another credit card. Yeah. That's our entire philosophy for the last hundred years. Just keep like, taking out loans. Don't worry, fucking the due date will never come. The repo man will never show up. And if he does... We got a lot of missiles and bombs but doesn't, and guns. <laughs> but doesn't that only lead to one place? Eventually, total collapse, right? Because everything's fucking intertwined. Eventually, I don't want to be chicken build little. Build the bomb shed. Build the bomb shed. I don't want to be chicken little. I don't, don't want to start freaking out. Jim, you know, I'm telling I'm you, I'm weeks away from having a child, man. <laughs> I want you, my kid to have a good life. In 2040, <laughs> when we're living in fucking concrete cities and shit. So here's all I'm asking. I guess we do live in concrete cities. Here's all I'm asking, Jim. Well, I if I, I don't can, want to. Either. If I can find an old school bus, can we bury it in your backyard as like a, a bomb shelter? <laughs> like, it's all we need. This this is an assumption that I can afford land. You do in the next see 10 years. though, you, you do see that there is an argument to be made that there are aspects. I'm not saying America is fascist or that any country is fascist, but well, there like, are think, arguments think about to be made that there are fragile. aspects. Think about how fragile the life that we currently live is. Well, and in the right. way that, like, democracy will creep into places that are like communist China. They get a little democracy. Places capitalist democracy, America gets a little bit fascist. There's a sliding scale that we need to keep an eye on because if it tilts too Look much, at what's so my, happening, the fucking my, seesaw the, falls The main over. argument I wanted to make here on, like, not being an alarmist right now, like, I understand the parallels between modern climate and fascism, but... We're, there, there's too many different checks and balances in place for a dictator to take power. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. I, I don't see it happening. There's a lot of walls that would have to get smashed through. Yeah, but all it really takes is popular. Like it, He's po- not that popular. No, I know. I know. I'm not. I, but all it takes is the populace to be behind someone to do that. 
I'm not saying that Trump, if we get I'm somebody not, that can pull the wool over our eyes that, and then 80% of people like him, yeah, sure, right. but not right now. Because we've seen how much a guy know. who isn't I'm liked can do. We think to, about that. Think about how we need much to look Trump up numbers. Like, do you think? Do you think Hitler was looked but loved by eighty percent? I I honestly think that he probably took that country over with forty percent of the country. Yeah, because he was able mm. to was a lot consolidate the base. I think it between consolidating enough of the base, like a thirty or forty percent, and enough, he started, enough apathy. He started on the fringe, but by the time he took power, he was very popular. Yeah, but think about it. Think about it this way, right? Like you've got a president, not just he a, was popular until people's children started dying, dying, fighting a war of conquest. But you've got politicians right now, like so. William Barr is a good example. To me, uh, like, or a scary example. Yeah, to don't me. don't say good example no, of anything. No, he's a, he's a he's a scary example of like the erosion of government. Like that is the DOJ is supposed to be a separate entity. It is not supposed to take directions from the presidency. Mr. The fact Putin. that it is taking direction you could, you from could the say presidency. That about Obama's DOJ. Eric Holder was a whipping boy. Yeah. And you could probably say that throughout yeah, history. Yeah, but I would say Obama wasn't as like nearly corrupt he as Trump. He wasn't aggressively corrupt. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah, that's a good way to put. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, every president has been corrupt, but Trump is so fucking overt about but, it. But you you see aspects of it when you, at least to me, um, when I see, uh, you know, it was it was it's kind of hilarious that. A lot of people voted for him on the basis of him draining the swamp and not being corrupt. Well, here's the thing. Business corrupts politics. Yeah, he wasn't a career politician, but he's a a freaking businessman. He is the corruption. (laughs) Yeah, and he was a career, like, millionaire slash billionaire who had, like, 17,000 fucking failed companies and, like... So there's a lot of Americans that dream... There's a lot of Americans that dream of owning a business. Well... How much could you get approved for in a loan? I'm certain it's not a million bucks. Right. That's what Trump got. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, small loan. Small loan. <laughs> he was given, his dad transferred four million before he was four years old. Oh, he was a multi-millionaire. Four, $4 million. It's, it's a way to hide your Plus money. Plus a million dollar loan. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a way to hide your money as a rich person that you can transfer it to your children and not pay taxes. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not, we'll see. <laughs> we should just call, call this episode. I don't know, man. Something a lot, a lot of things got to change against the machine. <laughs> a lot of thing. The the clock has to start going backwards for this to get righted. It's not going in a good direction. No, it's not. It hasn't been for a while, and it's just been accentuated with the current <laughs> so administration. We're either gonna fix it, or people are gonna start getting beheaded in the street. Like I, I actually don't think that that's very far off because governments fucking fall when division happens and for too very long. quickly. It does not take. It, so like ask we, France, ask Italy, ask fucking. There's a number of them you can ask. Like it doesn't take that much. We gotta have. I know some, so many. Break I know so many back. people four years ago that were all about you know divided we stand, united or di- divided we fall, united we stand. Yeah. And now those same people. It's a shit. They're on are the show. Hardcore on one direction. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not like totally when, not, when when did you stop what when did you forget I and when did you forget this I, what are you doing I'm not totally uh <laughs> completely in that daily that grind either. of fucking Trump and bad news and fake news and it is it's a lot of fucking political anxiety I don't think like anybody I, I don't talk to a lot of people anymore because they just they they, they feel like much. they're right like dude you're not right <laughs> you gotta see both ends of this one yeah you have to and and or it's not gonna work and people say like oh this some, is exactly what happened to rome sometimes <laughs> you need to be the the bigger man um 
This the is, Roman Republic couldn't agree on anything, and then they uh, they Caesar. This is the, <laughs> this is the time for a bunch of bigger men to come into the room and fucking sit down and talk and figure it out because the spreading is gonna fuck this thing up. Like I don't know. Gotta remove all the asshole kids from the sandbox. Yeah. Devil's Advocate Podcast is an opinion talk show and is the attempt of a few friends to have a reasonable conversation about current events without the vitriol that we've become accustomed to in today's modern political climate. TDAP is what happens when a few normal people sit down and discuss the week's top stories by having a rational and somewhat entertaining conversation. The goal of TDAP is to provide a forum for the listener to hear multiple perspectives on a myriad of topics instead of being bombarded with the same one-sided debates that we commonly get from news and media organizations. It is hosted by Brandon Condit, Mitchell Hernandez, and Franklin Everhart.